0: All right, Wolf, thank you very much. I am Chris Cuomo. Welcome to Prime Time. The president of the United States, Donald John Trump, has been impeached on two articles. One, abusing his power. Two, obstructing Congress. How did this happen? And now that question is replaced by where do we go from here? The stain on his name is permanent. But what will the system do now? Where will it leave our democracy? Let's get after it. All right. I have some of our best minds around me to help understand the law, the history, the journalism, because history is being written right now. And we are still figuring out the next steps. We have Preparara, Maggie Haberman and Michael Smirconish. Uh, Thank you for being on such an important night uh, with me. Maggie, history is being written right now. Uh, the president doing his best to distract the narrative, uh, mocking the death of a former member of Congress, uh, taking pot shots. But. He cannot distract from what happened in the House tonight. How will this be remembered?
1: It's an excellent question, Chris, that we don't really have an answer to yet. We know that this is going to be remembered, uh, you know, on its own as the third impeachment in this country's history. We know that people are going to remember some details around abuse of power. We don't know in 20 years whether there will have been other impeachments and whether this is the beginning of the process being redefined. And we don't know what this will mean in a re-election campaign because we have not seen that in this country before where an impeached president is going into a re-election effort. There are real open questions. What we have seen tonight is the president is reacting, I think as we expected he would, emotionally emotionally angrily denigrating rivals, um, using pretty abusive language, including not just about Congressman Dingell, but his wife. Um, And and I think you are going to see more of that going forward. I think the concern that I had heard from his uh, allies and aides over the last couple of weeks is how angry he would be after this took place. And I think we're going to see that play out over time. It's
0: not surprising to see how he's reacting. It's not surprising to see where he's reacting to it by surrounding himself with people uh, that love what he represents. What is surprising a little bit in at least to me, Michael, is Nancy Pelosi's play here at the end. Our job is done. We have done what the Constitution told us to do. We'll figure out when we're going to send over the articles of impeachment. This is a gray area in the law. What is the play for Pelosi?
2: I think that there's clearly some gamesmanship that's about to take place, both by Speaker Pelosi and by Mitch McConnell. I mean, there's even an argument out there that says that as soon as McConnell takes the con, He wants to hold a trial immediately and get it over before Christmas, if that were
0: an option. Instead, she's not going to give him the opportunity to do so. So the theory would be she's holding it back to buy time to make this extend past the holidays. Correct. Because
2: otherwise he wants to dispense of it immediately. And I think that in the back of the minds of the Republicans is if that plays out fine, because now we're into the 2020 landscape and they like the argument that says, Uh, Americans can settle this at the ballot box. People are already voting
0: in the Iowa caucus, New Hampshire primary, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. Preet and I were looking through uh, the actual constitutional language. There's no direction. Yeah, there's there's (laughs) no direction here other than the sole power uh, is in the House to impeach and the sole power is in the Senate to try. So at some point, the process must culminate with the Senate. Pelosi said, well, we can't name managers we can't hand this stuff over essentially
3: until we see what the trial will look like. Yeah. That's not in there. So so it's a little bit of a game of chicken. She wants to know what the process is gonna look like to decide, I guess, strategically and tactically who she wants to name as managers. I don't I don't understand the speculation that there is for some period of time gonna be the idea that you hold back the articles of impeachment because for a couple of reasons. One is the Democrats have been saying, I think correctly for a long time, we're in a rush, we've got to do this quickly, um, we can't wait. This person is a recidivist. The president can't be allowed to do this again. And now you're going to say, hurry up, hurry up. We did this before Christmas. Now, wait. That doesn't make a lot of sense either. And I don't understand what leverage the Democrats have having now uh, successfully got articles of impeachment passed. I understand the need and, and they should want badly to have other witnesses who have been you know, absent to come and testify. But what is the leverage on Mitch McConnell? I understand what Michael was saying about if you know that you have to have the trial, maybe you have it super quick, even before Christmas. But if there's a possibility that the Democrats say, unless these witnesses come forward, we're not going to send you the articles and the prospect then hangs in the air not to have a trial. That's great. That's wonderful for Mitch McConnell.
0: Just to be understood, uh, there's a little bit of confusion out there. No matter when they pass the articles of impeachment over, the president of the United States has been impeached. That process is over. He is not out of office. There is no consequence to his being impeached. Consequence can only come from the Senate. So his being impeached doesn't mean he's out. It means nothing other than that. Now, there must be a trial in the Senate. When is what we're discussing uh, here? What kind of play is this for Pelosi? Yes, a little bit of gamesmanship, a little bit of chicken, a little contradictory because you said he's a threat, a continuing threat. But now you're delaying. So politically.
1: I think politically, I think it's actually a risky play. I think the in the short term, it is getting in the president's head. And I do think that that is, to some extent, something they want to do. They have done what they can do. They've done the best they can here. When the White House has denied them witnesses. The guy's
0: describing everybody by animal face and he's mm. disrespecting the dead. I think they've done their <laughs> job think, there. What, what do they
1: want uh, to well, do? Well, I think they want to see more of this and basically let him know that if he is going to disrupt the process, they're going to do a version of that. If the White House is going to simply not participate at all, in this process, and they didn't, then they're going to not necessarily abide the same way. But to your point about contradictory messages, I think they're coming to that a little bit late. I think that there have been a lot of competing messages coming out of the House Democrats over the last two weeks. One is about this hurry up and wait thing in terms of moving the articles forward. The other is... In describing him in these terms through this impeachment process, Democrats have described him as a national emergency over and over again. And a lot of Democrats would say, even those who aren't comfortable with impeachment, there was a reason for that and that they had to. At the same time, they are cutting a trade deal with him. So he is a national emergency, but they've also given him his chief legislative priority over the last year. Voters do have trouble understanding two things at once sometimes, and I'm not sure how this helps the House case. The president
0: says uh, we didn't lose a vote. That's true unless you count Justin Amash, who uh, has been defecting from the party uh, somewhat. The Democrats did. They lost five. Okay, so there's Van Drew from New Jersey who's thinking about changing parties. Uh, There's Colin Peterson from Minnesota and Tulsi Gabbard voted present on the first article, Abuse of Power. Now, Van Drew and Peterson also voted no on the second one, which was abuse of Congress. And they were joined by Jared Golden of Maine. So, all in all, there are five names on the Democrat side that either voted present or nay to one or both of those articles, just to keep track. Mm-hmm. Um, his reaction is ugly, early, surrounded by people at a rally. Uh, Pelosi shut his people up twice during the actual proceeding. Uh, Let's just remind you of what happened. This was during the debate voting period.
1: On this vote, the yeas are 230. The nays are 197.
0: Present is one. Article one is adopted. The The question is on adoption of Article two. On this vote, the yeas are 229, the nays are 198, present is one, Article 2 is adopted. That is a face that any uh, Italian child knows. Uh, The zip it, I don't want to hear it. Uh, She has played strength for strength. So, where does that leave her right now, though? I mean, she did the job. Uh, you know, this is compelling. This, he keeps saying he's a continuing national security threat. That's why you had to do this so quickly, and you couldn't fight what they saw as pretentious legal fights over access to these big names who supposedly have the answers for the president. So where's the leverage?
2: I'm most interested to see whether the result of today and tonight is a momentum shift. I have to believe that there were more eyes on the proceedings that have just ended than at any other point in this process. But here's the question that needs to be answered. Why has public support for impeachment actually declined as the hearings have played and themselves his approval out, is up. and his approval is up, but with regard to the decline, I mean, you can look at the Marquette study of Wisconsin, most critical state probably of all fifty in the election. The Gallup survey that came out today. My own theory is that most Americans, many Americans, in the end, because it got so damn nasty, just decided to chalk this up to partisan bickering, a pinnacle of partisanship. You asked Maggie, what's the headline in the future? That would be mine. I don't think that this was born of partisanship. I think I think this was born of his conduct. And frankly, the underlying facts are pretty straightforward in the end. But in, but it was very hard for people who are working for a living and raising kids and so forth to follow all the names and the places and the dates. So why and would I, that redound th- to his benefit? I think a lot of it just got chalked up to it's really more fighting going on in Washington. We have an election. Here's the answer
0: to your question. We have an election on the horizon. Let's go resolve it at the ballot box. Mm. Causation, correlation in terms of his uh, job approval going up and the impeachment
3: going down. Do you think those just go together? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. That's a Political question. What I know uh, from 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 a legal perspective is, public sentiment can change when people pay more attention. And in the same way that Michael says, you know, more people probably paid attention today as we got to the seriousness of the final moment of the vote on impeachment. I think I think the nation got a little quieter. And notwithstanding all the histrionics leading up to it, it's a big deal. It's an important deal. I know Trump makes fun of the fact that Nancy Pelosi says she's prayerful and that it's a somber moment, it is. It really is. And I felt it. I think a lot of people felt it, no matter what side of the aisle you're on. And my question is, to answer your question with a question, uh, is if and when there is a trial, if it takes the form that I think the Democrats want with live, compelling witnesses once again, I think more of the nation is going to tune in because the stakes are now higher. Now it's the trial. But it's unlikely. You know, Mitch McConnell's a smart guy. And I think he will try to avoid that, and he probably has the power to avoid it. But if for some reason you have an actual trial with actual witnesses... Who are telling the same story, I think more people will tune in. And it's an open question whether that will change minds. Maybe we're so polarized that it won't, but that's the next opportunity for public sentiment to shift.
1: Mm. Yeah, one person who actually wants witnesses, also, by the way, is Donald Trump. Right. And that is I don't know I why think, that is because he thinks that it is his opportunity to tell his side of the story. If you not himself. Yourself, though. Not himself, but certainly to get people who he thinks can animate his story as characters in his show, like Hunter Biden is on his wish list. It was made very clear to White House aides several weeks ago by Senator Ted Cruz in a meeting. There are not 51 votes in the Senate to approve witnesses like that. And that's not going to happen, but he still wants it.
3: Can I make a point just from from my experience? Good defense lawyers figure out whether or not there's enough evidence to convict their client. And some defense lawyers, sometimes because they have clients who have a certain kind of ego, make the mistake of putting on a case. Sometimes the most powerful defense case to make is they got nothing. They didn't prove it. And the defense, immediately after the prosecution rests, they stand up and they say, the defense rests. And they don't have a competing story. Sometimes I might have cases where the defendant puts on witnesses and now you have competing tales. Sometimes the best argument is simply, like some of the, some of the I think, the better arguers on, on the part of the president just said, there's just not enough here. Right. Just to to negate it, let's take a break. And we do know this. If they
0: were to put on any of the big shots, they have built in counter narratives already that they'd have to contend with. That's never an easy spot uh, when you're putting on a case. Uh, Everybody stay with me. Let's discuss the implications. Momentum shift. Well, where do we go from here? Stay with CNN's continuing coverage, history and progress. Well, no matter how you feel about President Clinton, more often than not, when his name is mentioned, the word impeachment soon thereafter follows. That is now also the case for the 45th president, Donald John Trump. His legacy is still yet to be written in many ways, but impeachment will always be a part of it. So what happens now? He's been impeached. Here's a little bit of the president's reaction.
3: It doesn't really feel like we're being impeached. Do you- the country is doing better than ever before. We did nothing wrong. We did nothing wrong. And we have tremendous support in the Republican Party like we've never had before.
0: All right. I'm joined uh, by Preparara, Maggie Haberman, and Michael Smirkanish. Uh, M- Maggie, help me. The stages of grief are shock. Uh, denial and then rally anger in there. Right. So he doesn't feel like he's being impeached. Right. Uh, you know, he doesn't think he's done anything wrong. So the country's great. And then he did some really ugly talking at that rally about people alive and dead. Um, this was all predictable. Where does it leave him within his party tonight?
1: I think it leaves him burrowed more deeply into them than before. I think one of the things we have seen, his uh, political folks said this was going to happen. They were right, that we were going to see the fissures in the Republican Party uh, close, basically, and everybody coalesce around him. He is doing what we have seen him do since that weekend with the Access Hollywood tape in 2016. His impulse that weekend was to go downstairs at Trump Tower and burrow himself into a rally of supporters standing on Fifth Avenue. This is basically a version of that. This is what he does in humiliation. Describes it as we, not I'm impeached, we're getting impeached. Can you believe that? And you're going to see that going forward. You are going to see an angrier version, and you are going to see, I think, his voters feel as if they are being attacked personally. What that means over 10 months, we don't know. He's heading into a reelection. It is still going to be an up or down referendum on him. There will be a choice argument that they are making with the Democratic nominee, but this is still ultimately about him and how he defines this when he has a stain that we know bothers him on his record. How he manages to focus on the economy, on legislative accomplishments that he is actually proud of instead of talking about this all the time remains to be seen.
0: Um, Nancy Pelosi said, "It is a good day for the Constitution. It is a sad day for America." And Michael asked you, "How can those two things be true at they the same at time?" They seem at odds to me. Yeah, I think it's a sad day. The the Constitution is what it is. It's how you use it. Can I make a, a point
2: uh, in terms of what you asked, Maggie, and and where we are? Big picture on this, he is still controlling the narrative. You know, I I watched you last night when the six-page single-space letter came out that many were regarding as unhinged, and I could tell how torn you were in terms of, hey, I've got to deal with this subject matter because he's the president of the United States, and yet I don't know that I want to give platform to some of the things that he's saying. But he controlled the news cycle last night. He controlled the news cycle this morning. Whatever it is that he is saying about John Dingell, we're talking about it. And we're not talking, when we talk about Dingell, about the the two causes that— Led to his impeachment. Um, He's masterful at that. I'm not saying it as a positive attribute, but I've always said that the, the man gives good ear. He knows what inflames that base, the conversation that he's had from the moment he descended the escalator at Trump Tower has always been to one side of the aisle. And they're still in the 10th thus far.
1: I, I, I want to make one counterpoint to that, though, and I totally agree with you about his supporters. But I think that if one of the things that can vote Donald Trump out of office is his own behavior. And the problem with this impeachment is it's about his conduct. And so the more he does things that reinforce the aspects of his conduct that voters are either tired of or never liked in the first place and aren't willing to tolerate anymore for whatever reason, I'm not sure that that actually— I
2: I guess my response would be, I'm not—I don't understand why this, even though it's now with a capital I, would be a break point when when there have been so many things that haven't been.
1: Not for his true blue folks, but for the people who held their nose and voted for him because they wanted to convince themselves he would change, this was an act, they didn't like Hillary Clinton. This could be enough to make them move away.
0: You know, the Greeks had a word. Uh, for what the president behaves as, and it was a demagogue. And I don't ever know in history of a demagogue being removed for being too much of what it was that made him a demagogue in the first place. So it's a little bit of an open question. What is their threshold? What is too Mm -hmm. much? Because we keep thinking it's too much. It never is. But in terms of his leverage, Maggie has to be right that there's a galvanizing within the party to a degree in the House. In the Senate, what does it mean to you that he has been told more than once by more than one Republican Go easy on this. We want this parade of circus of people. We don't know how much the Republicans can take of people coming up and saying things that may not sit well with
3: them. Look, the Senate, I worked for four and a half years in the Senate, and we were always very proud of being in the Senate as opposed to the House. Both great, wonderful American patriotic chambers. But as the founder said in an analogy that people forget, the Senate is supposed to be the cooling saucer for legislation. And the hot stuff that comes from the House gets moderated somewhat in the Senate, and there are some figures in the Senate who may care a little bit more about their legacy and may care a little bit more about history. They're not going to totally jump overboard, but they want to have you know, some moderation. Mitt Romney might be one of those people. Lisa Murkowski might be one of those people. And depending on what the mood of the country is and depending on what they think they need to say to their constituents and to say for posterity, they might at a minimum. This is the gambit, right? Insist on some rules of the trial that don't turn it into a mockery. And then let the chips fall where they may at the end. And I think that's where the leverage is. And that's what Mitch McConnell is trying to figure out. Um, But the fact that he basically said it's going to go a certain way, it's going to go quickly, and he's denying those witnesses uh, to the Democrats may mean that he's done the count. And he knows there's some people who are going to, you know, mouth off a little bit at the margins. But he's got his people in line. And the basic contours of what he wants to do have been approved by at least 51 senators, and he's ready to go.
0: you have seen McConnell in the past do what the president didn't like in the moment, but he mm-hmm. thought it was most helpful for him. Preet, Maggie, Mike, thanks so much for being me, uh, with me on such an important night. Appreciate it. We're going to take a quick break. Please don't go anywhere. Uh, we're going to check in with Don Lemon. We're going to talk about where this stands and what is next. The handover right after the break. History has been made. President Trump has been impeached. Two articles, one, abusing his power, two, obstruction of Congress. That is done. It does not mean he's no longer president. All it means is that the House has impeached him, and that cannot ever be undone. What comes next is a trial in the Senate. Now, between these two events, there's been an unknown injected. Nancy Pelosi, Speaker of the House, saying we've done our job and she's asked about handing over those articles to the Senate to allow it to be their chance. And she said, we'll see what happens. We want to see what shape it takes. What's going on with timing? What does that mean for what comes next? Impeachment can't be undone, but the president can't get his acquittal. Until that trial happens in whatever form it takes, we'll be back at midnight with more special coverage of the impeachment of President Donald Trump. CNN Tonight with D. Lemon right now. Quality sleep is essential, and that's
3: why the Sleep Number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together.